Hi fam, and welcome back to our episode of Life Can Be a Niche. We are so glad to have you here. Thank you for joining. This is our second part to our grief series that we started last week. If you are new to the family, welcome in. We'd love to have you hang out, subscribe, download, share. Tell all your friends about it. We want everybody to get involved and get with this Life Can Be a Niche movement. We are having a wonderful time together, sharing and learning from each other. And if you are a returning guest, thank you for coming back to the living room with me. I love you guys so much. I appreciate every like, every comment, every share, every time you do something in kind for the Because Life Can Be a Niche podcast. I am grateful to you. And without further ado, we're going to go ahead and get started into the real nitty gritty of what we have going on today. The tea of the day is, my friends, Earl Grey. It's an old standby. You can never go wrong with Earl Grey tea. It wakes me up, but in the evening sometimes, if I want to calm down and I need a little nice, warm, hot cup of tea, then I just drop my little Earl Grey in there. So that is our tea of the week. Uh, Earl Grey. Go out and get yourself some if you don't have any. Uh, It is a wonderful, wonderful way to relax and actually enjoy. Now, how to get in touch with me on social, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, hit me at KD Bryant Writes. Join me on my actual website and follow my blog, Life Unfolding. You kind of see the theme there. Everything's about life. Life Unfolding. That is kdbryantwrites.com. I'd love to see you out there. Engage, drop comments, let me know what you think. And for those of you who are actually watching the video version of this podcast, you can find that on my YouTube channel, Life Can Be a Niche. Be sure to subscribe and be sure to hit that notification button so you know when we're dropping something new. There you'll find video episodes of all of our podcasts. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's dig in. This subject is a little heavy, so we broke it up into parts. This again is part two of our grief series. So uh, we're just going to jump in and get right into it. Last week, I shared with you that I was still walking through grief with my dad. Um, He passed away in 2018 after a battle with cancer. And uh, It hasn't been two years yet. It was October 27th. So I'm still slowly trekking along. And I will honestly admit, I am still walking through grief. It comes in waves. It ebbs and flows. Sometimes I'm just laughing about something. And then sometimes I get sad or I I feel that. I feel that twinge where I'm missing him. I'm missing his advice because I know he would have some words of advice. And, and I need that. I miss that so much. Uh, when you have a parent that you can go to and talk to about everything, I'm, I'm thankful and grateful that I have my mom and that she's with me. Uh, but I am also missing just the way dad delivered some of, of his wisdom. And that is a part of life. Grief happens to all of us. And if it hasn't happened to anyone personally or a very close personal loss, you know someone who's walking through grief or that it's happened to. But in the middle of the conversation last week when we were talking, I shared that grief for me actually started a couple of years before my father passed uh, because grief is really about loss. And at least that's what I have gained and learned from that. So I started grieving my father's 
death, I think, or, or maybe pending death. Or I was grieving two years at least, a whole two years before my father passed away. But I wasn't grieving him necessarily dying. I was grieving the loss, the change. Uh, Dad was diagnosed in 2014. Initially, we thought it was something that was very simple. It was, we can go in and get this. You know, you don't have to do chemo. You don't have to do radiation. This is just going to be something that we can work through very quickly. And it turns out that it started off that way. And then about six months later, maybe seven, it was a completely different story. There was nothing of the fact that he didn't need chemo. He absolutely needed it because we were facing stage four cancer in a matter of months. And it had spread to so many different parts of his body that really at that point, the doctors were telling us, just enjoy the time you have. So that's kind of a, a setup to where we started or where we ended up. But I want to talk about what I was going through in terms of experiencing loss and and how I just kind of started trekking through grief in a way that I never had before because my life had pretty much been steady status quo. So in 2013, I left a job that I had been working there 13 years, uh, which is a, a very long time for, for some in a career, but I enjoyed what I did. I loved it. I had friends. I had family uh, there because they became family to me. And I left and I just went to a whole new industry. So not only did I leave my career there and all the investment, but I changed industries altogether. And I didn't realize it at the time, but that was a little bit of loss because I kind of just felt mm, some kind of way. I, I missed my friends. I missed our lunch times together. I, I missed walking down the hall because I left this situation where I had to be in an office every day to uh, two days a week I was in an office and then most of the time I was working from home, eventually transitioning into fully working from home. Uh, so that was a change in itself. So again, we talked about it. You know, it was a a change or a loss in a, a lifestyle for me where I was around people and socializing all the time and now I'm at home uh, mostly by myself and even when I went to the office it was so empty <laughs> because most people work from home that you know it was just kind of I saw my co-worker you know across the hall and you know wave and then we just go in and we drill down and do our work so that's just kind of how it was set up completely different change about a year into that so this is 2013 and about a year of finally just kind of getting adjusted and uh, you know starting to love it didn't think I would uh, but grieving the loss of the from the relationships and the familiar faces and then getting through it and then my dad is diagnosed with cancer in 2014 so and then I start grieving that grieving that my dad was no longer going to be able to do all the things that he wanted to do or he would be limited. We didn't know at what we were in store for, but I knew that it was going to be a change. And then on top of all of that stuff, there is um, 2015. My divorce was finalized. So, so here I am. When I say life can be a niche, it really, it, I mean it. 
So here I am, 2013, left a job of forever and walked into a whole new situation and then finally starting to get used to it. And then my father's diagnosed with cancer. And then a year later, my divorce is finalized. And then that is another loss. And, and I'm grieving, but in a different way, uh, grieving uh, for my children, of course, because there's a change that they don't understand and they're trying to get used to it and trying to figure out okay, what does this mean for us? Because my kids were young. They were younger at the time. And then I'm grieving for them because they are missing the two, and now it's two but in different places. And so that in itself, another huge life change. And just stepping through all of those things and how things transition. So in the midst of all of this, as if it wasn't enough dealing with the changes and the loss of the way of doing things, then the job that I was on kind of transitioned a little bit and transitioned me into another team. Then six months later, I'm in another team. And then six months later, it's a whole nother company coming in and there's a merger and acquisition. And it's all new, all new people, all new way of doing, a whole new way of doing things, getting to know new people. I think my job title, I don't even know what it is today. I have no clue what my job title is. I stopped looking because I think it might have changed 10 times. And all of this happened very rapidly. So you take a girl who's been on a job 13 years, everything's steady. You know the lay of the land. You know your coworkers. You know their family members. Everything is just wonderful. You know when they're going to have the, the Mexican special at your favorite Mexican spot down the street. You know when you're going to have your favorite Chinese food. And that's what you did. On Tuesdays, we go here. On Wednesdays, we go there. And now I don't have anyone to go to lunch with. I'm working from home. I have all these new people that I'm working with. And everybody's all over the world. Huge change. Also, big loss. A big loss to life as I knew it. And at the same time, I'm navigating my father's care. I'm driving up and down the road like every other day, going to chemo and sitting in the room and, and waiting. And of course, I could work from home. So I work from anywhere. I work from the hospital. While my mom sat in the back with dad, I was sitting out here in this lobby. And here, here's another thing. So while I'm sitting out here, I'm getting to know people and that's because one thing about chemo is it's usually time for my dad at first every two weeks and then you so you see the same people at the same time and you get to know them so now I'm getting to know family members and patients as well and all it takes is one change of course my dad got sick we had to go into the hospital so his schedule got off a little bit. So I've been spending six months or so with these folks and getting to know them. And now I'm spending time with another group of folks that we're all working out in the lobby or just waiting. So then there's a loss there because every time you form a relationship or you form a camaraderie, and then it changes. And, and you think about those folks and you miss them. I still think about the people who were going through chemo when my dad was there. And so... All of this stuff is going on and I had to really sit down and start to understand why I was feeling uncomfortable and why I was feeling uneasy. I prayed a lot. I uh, started asking God reveal to me, you know, what, what am I supposed to learn out of this? What am I supposed to get out of this moment? 
because that's a lot going on and I don't really feel good. I don't know why I don't feel good, but I don't feel good. And But I have to remain positive because I don't want dad to think that I'm down or feeling weird because I'm thinking something is terribly going wrong with him. I want to be positive and upbeat all the time. And and that's first of all, that's impossible to do. So it's it's a, you know, find another dream. I, I had to. There's no way that you can be positive and upbeat all the time. But you can grow stronger through that. And so all of this stuff is happening. And then, y'all, it just took me for a loop. Prince died. I know you may think, like, what in the world? I don't know what happened, but I was so excited. So so let me tell you what, how this went down. And I just had, I was just a mess when Prince died. So I was excited because we were going like a besties girls trip. We decided we were going to go to the Prince concert. He was performing at the Fox in Atlanta. And it was just a big deal. It was for April 7th, 2016. At about three o'clock, we got a text saying the concert was canceled, that, you know, Prince wasn't feeling well or he wasn't going to be able to perform or, or something to that effect. Devastated. I was so excited about going. And then we find out it's rescheduled for April 14th. So I'm like, and I'm a huge Prince fan. So this is like, amazing i've never seen him be perform before i've never seen him perform live before i should say so i'm excited about this and we just oh i got my hair done i got my face beat i was ready we had our woo, you couldn't tell us nothing we were out there in those streets baby waiting for prince and it was fabulous we went to the last show at the Fox. So it was, I think, one at seven and one at 10 or, or something like that. I, I can't even remember what time the show was, but I know it was the last show. But I didn't know it was his last show. So I we're all on a high, a Prince high. We get, they give away CDs. He apologized for, you know, canceling on this week before. And Prince makes you feel like you are his cousin that he invited over to eat pancakes and grapes with and y'all are just all in his living room just chilling that's how that concert felt it was a very intimate setting even though the fox is is huge it was an intimate setting he's up there on the piano and he's talking to you as if he's known you all of his life and i'm like <laughs> prince knows me so there's something that happened he's presence was he was magical and and so we leave here on a prince high everybody was on a prince high and you just like remembering and remembering you're, you're listening and it was all kinds of bootleg versions of this concert out because people do that so people recorded it and even though you weren't supposed to record but people did it and so you you know some kind of way on the dark web it was circulating and you downloaded like oh yeah i remember when he said that oh yeah this was nice and this was nice and then seven days after that day of the concert on april 21st prince uh died and i don't know if it was because i was already raw and prickly and feeling some type of way but i was and I was just not really dealing with Prince's death very well. It hurt me, deeply hurt me, even surprised me at how hurt I was. Because I was like, man, I haven't been this sad in a very long time. And I knew I hadn't experienced 
death uh, of a loved one in a while. And I don't know if it was just unfamiliar territory for me because we, we weren't going through that, but it was very hard processing. And about, I don't know, four days into it after it happened and you're seeing everything on the news and more uh, more of the stories coming out. And I found myself, I, I, I laughed at myself as I did it, but I was in the kitchen by myself because, of course, I'm working from home. The kids are in school. Uh, my parents weren't here at the time. I think they might have, dad didn't have chemo that week. They might have been in their home. And I just started crying. I went downstairs to literally get some crackers and some cheese for a snack. That's that's all I came to do. And I felt fine walking down the steps. Felt fine walking in the kitchen. Got my cheese. Started cutting it. Doing my little slicing. Got my crackers. And and I just, I had to put the stuff down. And just walked away and just tears flowing. Free, free for all tears. Because Prince was dead. I didn't know Prince, y'all. My first time in the same room with Prince, as far as I know, was at the Fox. But it felt like my brother or my uncle or someone close to me was gone. And I cried probably a good 10 minutes sobbing, crying because Prince was gone. One, he was super talented and an amazing artist. So I And he impacted my life from very young. So... It's not like I just had my first experience of hearing Prince. I listened to Prince my pretty much my whole life, even when I was a young kid. So I don't know if it was just the familiarity of that, the fact that I never got to cry, because I shared with you last week that I did not cry and scream and yell that, like I needed to when my father was first diagnosed because nobody would leave me alone. So I never got to like go steal away and have a cry. And when I wanted to cry, I couldn't. I tried to cry and I couldn't, and this went on for months, of course, two years really, since I had a real cry. So I really think I was losing it over Prince, but also grieving so many other things. I think grieving the job change, grieving the changes happening in my career, grieving uh, even a friendship that I, I valued, uh, very deeply valued, was lost. And and. And I thought it was one thing. I really, I was investing into this relationship and friendship. And I assumed that the other person was too. And then they just did a complete flip. And and it was a, just a sense of betrayal and a sense of loss. And you think when you get grown, you don't have to go through that. And thankfully, I don't much. But this was just one time where I'm like, whoa, where where did that come from? And And that that friendship and those ties were severed too. So then I'm dealing with people and, and their stuff and our stuff and our relationship, friendship stuff that I never expected. I'm dealing with the divorce. I'm dealing with kiddos who are adjusting to the divorce and, and how they're handling and how they're grieving that. I'm dealing with my father's cancer and then Prince died. And I think that was just, I think that just the feather just poof just knocked me right on off of my I've got it together horse into just a heaping mess and I needed every bit of it because at that moment I knew that I had to do something is happening here that because I don't leak easy and everybody knows that I do not cry easy so for me to be hit that hard and just fall apart four days after I knew there was something that needed to be explored. And that's something that I, I think 
you know, it just kind of led me down the path of addressing it. What is happening to me? Why am I feeling this way? What do I need to do to feel better or to feel like everything is going to be okay? I started, first of all, with a prayer journal for me. That's where I first started. Like, God help me because this is weird. And so I started writing my prayer and writing everything in the journal of exactly what I was feeling and then and getting all of it out in an honest way. And then I after after that, you know, you thinking, okay, we're grieving, we're walking through this, you know, you but grieving is part of life. Losing friendships and and is a part of life and losing people who you thought were going to be in your life forever and then they're gone. That's a part of it. And it didn't feel strange, so to speak. It wasn't as strange um, once I sat down with it to explore, okay, what else am I feeling? What else am I sad about? And I just started writing down all the things that I was sad about uh, so that I can start to get a handle on, on grief. And you would think, that's why I say two years prior to my dad's death, I was already grieving. So you would think that when when my father actually passed, you know, I've already been walking through this. So and I've already been journaling and praying and, and getting strength and getting grace on that. So maybe I don't have to go through as much. Mm-mm, no, <laughs> no, ma'am. It was as soon as my father died, I didn't get a fast pass to grieve just because I had been grieving a whole bunch of other stuff and even grieving, you know, the change with my father and grieving the way he was. Um, when dad died, grief started right fresh, brand new, a whole brand new, the roller coaster rolled right on up to me, parked right there. There was no fast pass to skip it. It was empty. And it had my name on the ticket. And so here I am hopping on the roll, the grief roller coaster and getting ready for the ride, the ups and the downs. And it was empty, not because people weren't around me or weren't there for me. It was empty because grief is unique to every person. And everybody walks through grief in a different way. And I knew that what my mom was feeling, losing her spouse, her partner, her, her best friend of almost 50 years together, I knew what she was experiencing was definitely different from what I was experiencing as a daughter and how I was feeling. So you have all of those things happening. And and the advice that, that I can share, that I learned from, was, you know, in relationships and in situations, when you find yourself out of sorts or not really able or understanding what to do, then the time to journal is most crucial and most important. At least it was for me. I would love to hear from you guys about how you dealt with grief and how you walked through it. But in terms of where I was at the time, when I prayed, I was not, I don't know, as honest with God. It's not like he didn't know. He already knew anyway, but... When I sat and I prayed, it was different than when I wrote a letter to him or when I wrote out my thoughts. It was it's, it was almost as if it's it was like, you know, a truth serum. And that's how writing worked for me. 
And once I started to see the patterns and see what it is, and I was like, okay, experience, a learning experience. Okay, what do you want me to get out of this lost friendship? What do I need to get out of, of what's happened here? Um, okay, so I see now with the with Prince's death, I, I see where I can serve people better or be more present in people's lives. I need to be more intentional. I need to do this. That I saw patterns of where there were things that needed to be worked out in me that I was denying myself. The whole reason I, I mean, the Prince concert was such a big deal was because I didn't really treat myself to stuff like that. I, I didn't go to concerts a lot. That might've been my first concert in years. And, and I, after that, I started going to more live concerts because I love music. And that's definitely a way I honor my father now because he introduced me to so many types of music and he loved music. So that's a part of my grieving process even to make sure that I go take in live shows and I'm like, daddy would have loved this. Daddy would have enjoyed blah, blah, blah. I do that as a way to honor him. And that is a part of the grief process that I'm walking through right now. And everyone around you, you, you just, you'd be surprised at all of the things that are happening that really, I had to look at the inside and look at me and where I was in life and in, in my journey of grief. And it, it may sound strange. I know it does. I know it sounds strange that all of this slammed and hit me in the face when Prince, when Prince died, it hit me in the face that I've got to get myself together so that I don't fall to pieces when things maybe take a turn with dad or with, with anyone. It, there, there was no guarantee that it was going to be life like we know it for anyone. And so that is where I made a change and, and made a difference. So I don't really have an amends uh, this week. It is different. It is definitely a different experience that I'm so glad that I had and I'm having, but I'm so glad that it hit me in advance. I am thankful. I can say that. I am very thankful that I started grieving losses and understanding the value of relationships and people and situations and comfort in terms of career because it made it very real for me that everything is fleeting. Your job can change on a dime. Your career, your your path, all of that can change very quickly. A parent can be diagnosed. A child can be diagnosed. Look at us now in the coronavirus. Who knew? Who knew that things would change for us so quickly? It's a few weeks, but it's pretty. it happened pretty fast. So in that, I'm grateful for those two years of walking through, trudging through, figuring things out because it made me sit down and get real with my feelings. And when you can look inward and see where you stand or, or how you feel or what hurts you and be honest about what hurts you, my goodness, Woo! game changer. So anyway, that's where, that's what life is to me. That's, that's, that's how, where we are now. I thank you all for 
riding with me on on this part of the series but next week we're going to talk about when it does happen when death does come and when you can't change it and when nothing is going to nothing is going to reverse what's happened and I look forward to talking to you about that. And I please share your comments. Please let me know what you think. For, don't forget to follow me. Watch this video on YouTube. Life can be a niche on my YouTube channel. Please subscribe. Please, uh, please share it. Spread the word. Join me on the social media train at Katie Bryant Writes. Join me on my website, katiebryantwrites.com. Check out my blog, Life Unfolding. But thank you so much for joining this episode of Because Life Can Be a Niche. I love you, babies. Be good to each other. And we'll see each other when we see each other. Peace.